to record to this computer. Hello and welcome to episode two of Rightfully So. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Ticonderoga Pencils. Um, when you absolutely, positively have to get that Scantron filled out correctly. Ticonderoga <laughs> Pencils. Uh, I'm joined nice. by Jeanette and Carrie, uh, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about respo- responding to the rhetorical context and what that actually means uh, and how we can uh, ensure that we're we're going about the process properly. So uh, I, I feel like the first question we need to ask is, what does that even mean to respond to the rhetorical context? <laughs> Do you pose that question to your students, by the way? Like, I'm just curious, do you ever ask uh, them, what do you think I mean by that? <laughs> I, I I don't know that I've asked them this particular question, but okay. I do do that quite a bit. Or I'll throw something out and I'll sit through like 10, 20 seconds of awkward silence and then be like, did you understand the question? Like, what does that mean to you? What do you think of when I say things like rhetorical context? Uh, and if I continue to get the blank stares, then I know it's explain time. Um, but I try not to lead with the lecture because uh, then I find they just kind of shut down and they just kind of go into what I call passive receive mode. <laughs> and they just do that for 75 minutes. Yeah. Right. Do we need to maybe break down rhetorical? I mean, because I, it's, and usually the question I pose to students is, does anyone know what a rhetorical question is? Because that's something usually they've heard of, right? You know, so it's sort of, which kind of can lead there. So rhetorical question being question that isn't intended to be answered because it's already an argument or a statement, right? <laughs> so rhetorical yeah. there. So rhetorical situation. <laughs> it, it I, is a hard one, right? Like, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to say what it is because it's like, well, wait. If I'm making a claim, then how is that invo- How is that related to a situation? I Do wonder we... then if it's easier to think about context first. Okay, then let's um, for for students. I feel like that that would be a good way to kind of first be the introduction into that question. And so when when we're asking them to consider kind of the context, I often refer back to kind of objectives um, of the class, essentially. Um, so in a, in a way, it's almost like I want them to recognize the purpose of the assignment. Um, and therefore, I feel like that bridges into kind of the context, right? So it's kind of what do you, why do you think your teacher is asking you to do this assignment? how and not not just necessarily you know reading the part where it says here's the class objectives that we're you know doing but i'm like i i don't think i've ever met a teacher who says i want you to write an essay just for shits and giggles just because i feel like i want you to write something no it's always with a purpose right there's always some some part of the class that they want you to grasp in in a writing format and so they want you to respond to something so what is it that that you're supposed to be doing and why did they have you read that particular thing that you're writing about too right so it's kind of like thinking about why or why that particular assignment was even created in the first place i think might help a lot of them to just even grasp what am i supposed to do with this um which i think is the struggle that a lot of them have because they do have that sense where they're either overwhelmed or lost or you know confused don't know what to write about don't care don't love it you know they just kind of go in that zone of apathy or something um like an apathetic 
or maybe not apathetic, but just kind of confused and lost, <laughs> you know, area. So, so I think I always remind them about the purpose. Or overwhelmed. Point. Yeah. Overwhelmed, right? like, I so, think, is yeah. probably pretty likely. Yeah. Um, I know I've been pre- I've been guilty in the past of not really explaining purpose why we're doing this thing. And now that I'm aware of it, I've been trying to do that quite a bit this semester. Like, hey, I asked you to do this forum post, not just because I wanted to read a bunch of forum posts, but it's a way to have a discussion about this particular contextual piece and then share that across the class when maybe we can't do it face to face. Um, and then I'm asking you to sort of demonstrate that you sort of understand the difference between these two things that I asked you to compare and contrast. And that's important because that's how we learn to identify like audience and purpose. Like that's the discussion we were having. Um, so I, I agree, like purpose is probably a great doorway into the idea of like the context of the assignment. Like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And I feel like we throw around like rhetorical a lot because it's a great academic word, but like at the end of the day, we could probably just simplify it and say, what is the context of your argument? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like ultimately that might be what we're trying to get at when we say responding to the rhetorical context appropriately, your argument should meet the purpose and the intent of the assignment, right? Which means they need to understand the assignment, right? Like, and so (laughs) that's half of the battle, I think, in that um, prompts can be really hard to write and read um, and understand. And so there's some things where, you know, I, I think often, and we had talked about this earlier when we were preparing for this, like this idea of how do I know that I understand? Um, because instructors are different. We have our unique way of wording things. Um, so um, it, it's it's part of why it's important, if you can, to pay attention when your instructor goes over the prompt in class or if there's a video where they were, you know, record you know, them talking through it. Um, I know for myself, a lot of times I'll, when I'm talking about it, I might give an example um, or I might highlight a verb. Like, let's talk about analysis. Like if we're gonna analyze a poem, that's really different than analyzing this daily show clip. You know, like there's there's different um, goals really, even though it may be tied to the same word, so. It is true. I feel like that part of the struggle is that with every prompt is a different instructor's voice behind it. So it is for them. I can completely, because I remember having this happen to me all the time as a student there, the variety of prompts that you get can be overwhelming in itself because some will overwhelm you with loads of information, multiple pages, and some will be very, very brief, you know, maybe not even half a page. And so for them, it, and I think that that's part of that fear and anxiety too that happens is, is the instructor going to trick me? Are they going to say, you overlooked this one little part of the prompt where I said this, and that means automatic zero, you know, like they have this fear that there's going to be something that they miss or don't understand or don't fully grasp. And therefore the entire assignment's going to be, you know, counted against them versus you know, just kind of getting a B versus a, you know, like they're just afraid that there's going to be one little thing that they missed and then F, you know? So I, I, I feel for them for sure <laughs> when it comes to that part of the of prompts. Or I think it just gets frustrating, right? Like, and they're like, I don't understand that. And so, oh, well, you know, I'll just do my best, right? Like, so it, it can go either way where there's just either a lot of anxiety or this sort of like, 
oh well like I guess guess I'm not you know like I don't know what that is so um yeah I can I can imagine um you know your history teacher probably writes an essay prompt one way and then your literature teacher is writing a prompt another way and then because of writing across the curriculum you're probably also getting a writing prompt from your chemistry teacher Mm -hmm. You know, and you're like, mm -hmm. I don't, and they all want different things and they're all somewhat different genres. And I can, I can easily empathize with the idea that the students are just overwhelmed by the variety of, of questions that they're getting. Um, and they're maybe not necessarily getting help on, on how to read their prompts critically. Because mm -hmm. I know I don't, I don't really ask my students to like read it critically and then ask questions. I tend to sort of go over the prompt and explain it first and then ask questions. And it may be more productive to do it the other way around, like give them the prompt, have them read it and be like, what's confusing? What don't you understand? What do you want clarification on? What, you know, where is the hole in the prompt that is making it seem a little overwhelming or difficult to handle um, so that you can understand the rhetorical context. What is that? What is it you think I'm asking you to do? Um, so you don't feel that that sense of like, well, he just gave me a two page prompt and I'm not sure having read both sides of the page, what's what's going on? Um, which I feel like kind of leads into to the the next two questions, which are, you know, how do I know that I'm responding to the prompt appropriately? And then like, what questions should I be asking about the prompt? Because I feel like the the questions I get asked the most are the ones that are the easiest to answer and are probably already clearly outlined on the prompt, like due dates, page count, yeah, format. Like I feel like those are the questions I get over and over and over again. And I'm like, oh, it's right here where it says MLA style, 15 pages, you know. Um, and yet I'm not getting questions about like, is this topic appropriate or how you know how do I approach this particular part of the argument or I don't understand what analysis means? So like what questions do we think students should be asking about their prompts? I, one thing I do say, because I always try to encourage students um, about when, when to get feedback, you know, throughout the writing process, that it's not just when you have your full draft that you get feedback, right? That you need to even start earlier, especially if you do have a prompt that is confusing. And so I'll often tell them to, you know, go visit the instructor during maybe office hours with the prompt with maybe like a very, it doesn't a rough outline. Like it doesn't even have to have specific examples, you know, or anything outlined like that, but just kind of here's some body paragraph points that I might address and like a working thesis, you know, like here's the direction I'm going to go. And here's a couple of points I want to make. And then just talking to the instructor to say, am I on the right track or have I completely lost the, the point, you know, of what you'd want us to do with this assignment. And even just having that could, because the, I think that from the instructor's perspective, it's also hard when you get the student that just comes in and says, I don't know what you want me to do. And so I say, at least have something that you can bring to say, how about this? So that the instructor can at least say, yes, but do this, you know, and give you a little bit more direction. It's so much harder, you know, to, to get you started when you just have nothing, you know, like imagine you're starting a race, at least put on the shoes and have the workout gear, you know, don't show up in your PJs and go, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you're going to have to run. Now we need to fully prepare you. So let's at least show up with the shoes and the workout clothes and say, okay, now how do I do this? And we go, okay here's how you're going to do it, you know? So it's kind of one of those, 
one of those things that I try to encourage them to do at least is, is talk to the instructor and just say, am I on the right track? You know, that's a great point because it's, it's one of those things where it's so much easier to see whether or not, or to, to know that a student understands if they're actually like even saying, I'm thinking about writing this, this, and this in response to analyze this poem, right? Like I'm thinking a paragraph, like just even a plan or, you know, and the, the, a paragraph itself is better, but, you know, just, you know, it's almost like I, I am understanding that the prompt needs to be X, Y, and Z. Um, And then we can sort of go from there and go, yes, that part's true. Or, you know, maybe adjust this, like you're, you're missing also that you need to also, um, and I'm at a loss for words for like the right example, but you know, it it is, it is always easier. You almost have to just try it, like start it (laughs) before you can really know for sure if you fully understand. So, Mm -hmm. And I think also, students were scared yeah. to do that, though, because then they feel like they've wasted their time. You know, it's Whose like, time? Oh, the I'm... instructor's time or the student's no, time? Their, own, their time. own time. Like, oh, oh, like oh. they've gone in and they've written like a couple, three pages, and then they show up in your office and you're like, well, I mean, you know, I always try and be encouraging, like, hey, you've got some great ideas here, but we need to sort of reframe the context of the discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when students were researching monsters because they would always pick a serial killer, despite me saying... I know it's on the prompt, but I recommend you don't do this because it's going to turn into an, a biography of the killer. And I don't want you to write a biography of the killer. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, they come in, they've written a biography of the killer. And I'm like, look, you've got some interesting ideas here, but we need to change the context of the discussion. Like you can still use these facts, but you're making a lot of sort of unspoken assumptions here. Like number one, you're already assuming that your subject is a monster. And so you're never really addressing what is the core idea of the prompt, which is, justify that label like so how do we take the facts that you have and recontextualize them and then i always get to kind of like but i've been working so hard on it and i spent all this time and it's due next week and it's like you're the one who waited till the week before it was due to come to me to see if it was right for one i'm trying to help you out maybe you could have come to me a little bit earlier when I told you from the beginning, this is probably going to happen, right? That um, is that is something because I even say like, go early. You can't go the week before it's due. You can't go the day before it's due. You know, you have to go. I tell them when you receive the prompt, that's your cue to hit the ground running. So however much time you have at that point, I'm like within the first, you know, maybe fifth of that time is when you should be even just saying, am I on the right track? Not necessarily, <laughs> and maybe not necessarily spending, you know, time working on a full draft of like two or three pages, but just saying, is this even where I'm supposed to go with this? Um, and and the other thing too, I think is, is important to tell them too, to ask, like you're saying, ask the right questions as far as, you know, maybe it's not even helpful just to say, am I on the right track? Because it's yes or no, but maybe how can I, make this thesis more, you know, what it is that you're looking for or something like that. Asking those kind of questions where the instructor then can say, oh, great. Okay. So yeah, you've got a lot of biography here. You've got a lot of summary, but let's, you know, talk about the significance of that. Talk about the significance of that. Like then they can actually help you and guide you, um, you know, to, to strengthen that, that response, I think. Yeah, I think that's, um, and it's hard to explain to somebody is, is how to to focus on where you think you're struggling, especially if they feel relatively confident about the subject. Um, I tend to ask students to maybe focus on what they don't feel confident about. Like when you come in to see me, like what is the thing that you feel like you're struggling with? 
Um, you know, is it organization? Is it is it argument? Because that can be a, a door into discussing the your approach to the topic as a whole. Like, well, maybe you're struggling with this because you actually didn't like respond to this part of the prompt appropriately, or it turns out you don't actually have an argument. You're just giving me a bunch of summaries. So maybe we need to sort of. Um, so sometimes maybe the question isn't a question. Maybe the the, the question is more of a hey, I, I'm just I don't. I'm, I'm going in this direction, but it doesn't feel right. Or I'm not getting like support. Like my research isn't supporting it. Like, you know, where, where should I go next? Um, so I, so I guess to bring it back to the prompt specifically, do you have any suggestions on how students might read their prompts? critically like I know there's exercises you can do in the classroom where you're like okay get out a highlighter and let's find our verbs and um but in the absence of the instructor actually sort of like mandating that in class like how what suggestions do you have for students for maybe reading their prompts a little more critically um to to sort of identify those areas where they feel unsure about the task or maybe overwhelmed about the task I sometimes make them do that, what you just described, where I'm like, okay, and this this was obviously pre-pandemic when I w could hand out a hard copy and we would meet in person and I'd say, okay, circle, circle the verbs in the first paragraph, you know, and then we would have a discussion about analysis is like my favorite verb, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that one would come up every single time. Um, so there's that, but it, this is a good question. and. I, and I don't know if it will apply to every prompt, but I wonder if students can, if they aren't already on there, maybe extract and figure out some steps. Like, so if I'm a student and I'm looking at this prompt and I'm not sure, you know, I'm overwhelmed or I'm, you know, like looking at it and I'm not sure if I know what to do, maybe try to figure out, okay, so what do I need to do first besides understand this? Like, is it, you know, annotate and go through a text um, and fully understand it? Um, or is it, um, is it the type of assignment where I just need to look at something and brainstorm, you know, or, you know, it, 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 I think it's, it's helpful to try to figure out like, almost like a plan, like steps, if it's possible. I kind of do. I have like a little thing that I uh, a lot of times do, which is basically create a, a free write based on the prompt. So mm -hmm. I'll have them write down the essay question at the top of a page and then just start writing down either. It can be either ideas or questions um, based on just that essay question. So it kind of forces them to focus on just the central, you know, the main, main part of the prompt that is the most important. And then to just start kind of generating ideas. And then a lot of times what I'll do is have them share it with someone else or, or, you know, share it in a discussion or something like that discussion board, and then kind of talk about what parts of each other's free rights they actually found interesting or kind of like, oh, I think you should, you know, that sounds really interesting or that would be something really cool to write about because that almost kind of gives them a little bit more of that encouragement to say, 
you know, oh, someone's actually interested in this question I asked about the prompt, you know, and so, yeah, maybe I can go down that road or, you know, Bill, you're saying earlier about sometimes you would try and find the tangent that interests you, you know, it's kind of a matter of saying, how do I take this essay question that may not really be exactly what I'm here for, you know, like, this isn't going to be the most mind-blowing essay I've ever written in my life, but how can I make it more interesting to me, you know, and maybe even writing that down on the, on the free write. This subject doesn't interest me at all. How do I make it interesting to myself? I know. Well, I'm kind of interested in this. Let's start going down that road. And then having that confirmation kind of from the class to say, that's a really cool idea. You know, like, why don't you go with that? And so I feel like that kind of helps to at least warm up the brain a little bit, um, you know, like warming it up, like before an exercise, you know, like it's, it kind of just gets them starting to think and focusing on just that essay question. So it's kind of putting, you know, not necessarily ignoring the rest of the prompt, but at least just, you know, narrowing the focus. So it's less overwhelming in that sense, I feel like. And thinking counts as part of the process, you know, like, so we've brought this up a couple of times where we may not have, you know, like we don't, as writers, we don't want to invest a lot, like write a bunch of pages and then find out it's off track, right? Like, um, but maybe in writing those off track pages, you thought through it in a way that you wouldn't have any other way, right? Like, and so that thinking counts. So like when you're talking about this activity, like where students are just literally just thinking about it, like that's, that's actually productive, like in terms of drafting eventually, like even though it may not seem like it at the time, like that's how you get there, right? Um, so yeah. Yeah, even those students that were sort of like wildly off prompt, I always try to be encouraging. I'm like, this is not wasted time in right. the sense that you've explored the subject in more thoroughly. And even though your specific argument may not fit the prompt, you have a better understanding of the subject. So now it's much easier for you to go back and retain the parts of this that is still useful, but maybe write something that's more appropriate to the rhetorical context. Um, and I'm like, no first draft is ever wasted. I, I, as an example, I would say when I was an undergrad, you know, I'd write that first draft and I'm like nine times out of 10, I didn't know what I wanted to argue until I got to the end of my paper. Right. And then it was in the revision that I write. I, it was in the revision that I finally wrote that comprehensive, cohesive, like linear logical argument. But I, I, I tell them, I'm like, I don't know how many times I started out with a thesis statement. And when I got to the conclusion, I had come to a completely different conclusion. Yep. And so I'm like, go back and I like rewrite the first half of the paper to sort of fit rather than I'm like, don't throw it out. Like, don't do that. Don't throw it out. Like, keep the part that you like. Maybe it's the latter half, because now that you've been writing for a while, you've had to sort of like crystallize your thinking, as it were. Go back and rewrite the first half so that it fits the second half. And then you're, you're done. Right. Like you meet in the middle. Um, so and that's tough to get through right when they already have like tight schedules to recognize that you know time thinking time sort of writing a bad first draft isn't time wasted it's 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 time spent clarifying your thinking so that you can be more effective uh, and i also try to suggest to my students the idea that the actual writing of the essay is like the last 10 percent and in my entire all right, my entire second half of the semester and the research project is predicated on the idea that the actual writing is like the last 10%. So we're, we're doing the brainstorming activity as a formal class activity. We're gonna sit down, we're gonna do bubble charts, we're gonna free write, whatever they wanna do, they're gonna brainstorm first. They're gonna write a formal proposal so they can crystallize their thinking and more narrowly focus in on what it is they wanna argue. Then we're gonna have peer reviews on the proposals and then we're gonna start drafting and then we're gonna have peer reviews about introductions and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's all 
It's all part of the process. We're going to be checking in frequently um, to make sure that we are responding to the rhetorical context appropriately. Um, and that, then, Kara, you brought up a good point about getting yeah. like outside feedback. And one thing I want to throw out there is if you have access to a tutoring center or a writing center specifically, like don't just go to them with a completed draft. Like if you have a prompt you don't quite understand, maybe go there if your instructor is not available. I feel like a lot of students miss that opportunity because they have this idea that the writing center is you take them a completed paper, they tell you if it's an A or not, and then you go home and you add a few commas and you get your A. And that's not it at all. Like go in with your prompt that you don't understand that's confusing, that's four pages long and work with them to figure out what's being asked of you and then take the time to brainstorm a little bit with them because now you have a sounding board you have somebody to give you feedback and be like yeah i think that sounds great or i'm not sure it really meets the prompt but you know work with that yeah and i do think that kind of what you're saying about the time factor that brainstorming and the time factor to critically think i tell them this this is given to you this you know again going back to the purpose too you know why your teacher signed this they're not giving you an in-class essay. It's not part of an exam of multiple choice questions. And the last one <laughs> is, a, is an essay question or a short answer question, right? I say they are intending for you to think about this for over a period of time, right? So it's not supposed to be something that you, you know, an hour before the due date, you start writing it down as if you're in class, you know, writing a, an exam type thing. I'm like, this is something that they want you to process because this is, this type of assignment requires more creativity and innovation on your part. And this is where you're saying, I'm adding my own thoughts to what we're doing in class. So it is more of a, it requires more of that brainstorming. It requires more of that kind of active um, engagement with the material to say, here's how I'm inserting myself into this material and the conversations happening around it. So I'm like, it is a very, very different type of monster that you are dealing with this paper, you know, versus like I said, a short answer question on an exam. So you have to approach it that way. You have to, and that's part of the reason why students hate it so much. It does take more time. It, you know, it does, you do go through drafts, you know, and all that. And I'm like, that prompt is often designed to, to guide you through that larger project that you're going to have to do. Um, but it's the, it's the starting point, you know, it's just to get you kind of going. And then from there, we want to see what you do with it. You know, it's still kind of yours to interpret to a certain extent or yours to approach in your own way. Um, and that does require the brainstorming. <laughs> so, and like you said, sometimes even just having to take that time is the, oh God, I spent so long. And like you said, I just wrote a draft and it's, you know, not until the end of that draft that I came up with my good idea. That's what they want though. That's part of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and that goes back to Jeanette's point earlier of saying, you know, look at the prompt and see if it's suggesting, you know, breaking the, the writing project down into smaller steps, like do the brainstorm thing, like create the idea. Um, students want to rush through that, man. They're like, I got a thesis and I'm off to the races. And I'm like, don't, they don't, don't want to go back to it. Right. Like I've already, you know, pre-writ I've, I did a free write. Like I, I want to move on to drafting and it's like, but you might need to go back to free writing or free writing or brainstorming because if you're, you know, as you write, you might be like, oh, this is either not enough or I need to think about it slightly differently or, you know, whatever it is. And so then it's like, 
it feels like a bummer to go back to that, but it's actually normal <laughs> and part of it, which is like writing is kind of painful sometimes. Um, and that's one of the painful parts where you're like, oh, but it's not really redoing it, right? Like it's thinking about it differently and deeper. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, and I think as a student, I eventually got there where I was like, okay, it's not that I'm failing at the task. I'm just, this is just what's needed in this complex, you know, assignment, right? Like that's, I, I need to be able to think about it in, in a different way. And so all that thinking counts, right? Like it's not wasted time. No, like that's how, that's where my master's thesis came from. It was a paper written in response to a graduate course. And, and then I spent the next two years just adding to it and mm -hmm. refining it and, and evolving it. And I think, I think that's one of our challenges as instructors in the classroom sometimes. I know this is sort of like shifting away from the point of view of the student, but just to throw this out here, we're, we're kind of combating this idea of product-based writing because it feels like so many of them do come from an environment where it's essay questions, it's timed writes, it's and all they're doing is checking a box. And I find we're only week three into the semester and I'm already telling my students, this isn't about checking the box. This is about the critical thinking piece. This is about engaging with the process starting now. <laughs> um, and, and, then, and then holding them accountable to like do the task, so. Yeah. Um, any other, any, any go backs or anything you'd like to add uh, before we sort of like wrap it up? Um, I would even just say that, you know, to, to view your prompt as, as your, your cue to start the writing process, you know, that is the, because your instructor's not giving it to you, you know, saying, oh, this isn't due for like two months, but I just thought I'd give it to you now. You know, <laughs> there's a reason why they're giving it to you the moment that they're giving it to you. Um, it could be for something that's due next week. Therefore the prompt may say there's not a lot of research, or maybe it's only two pages, you know, it's a shorter assignment. Um, but if they are giving it to you far in advance, that means that they're expecting it to take that long. So as soon as you get the prompt, that's your cue to start. Um, Green light. Yes, <laughs> go, exactly. Go, yeah. do it. <laughs> go, go now. No, <laughs> not to panic, but you should definitely be at least dwelling on it, thinking about it, starting that brainstorming process for sure early on, you know, and that's your signal. Yeah, if you're looking for a sign, your prompt is it. <laughs> it it's, it's literally the sign. It's saying, mm -hmm. go do this mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And, you know, the brainstorming, even if it's just like, you know, um, like voice memos, like between classes, like, oh, mm -hmm. you know what? Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll write about this. Like, I just want to keep reiterating it's a process, right? Um, and, and as a student, you need to find the process that works well for you. Um, I would say that letting go of the idea of this is something that, I have to be at my desk or kitchen table or at my computer to work the process isn't necessarily true. Um, you know, take notes as they occur to you, mull those ideas over, um, let them, let them percolate. <laughs> um, and don't be in such a hurry to like check the box, I guess. Yep. All right. Well, I think that, I, th I think we, we covered all of the the, uh, the main questions that I had set up. Um, you know, I think we've talked a little, quite a bit about uh, understanding the prompt, the importance of understanding the prompt, the importance of purpose. Uh, I feel like um, we did have a little bit of a callback to the idea of audience and purpose from last week, uh, where we talked a little bit of like rhetorical context is really is what is the purpose of this assignment? So nailed it, go us. Uh, I do wanna thank uh, Jeanette and Carrie for joining me again this week. 
And uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Rightfully So. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. <laughs>